You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition of our Odyssey Sports Original Podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Make sure if you don't already subscribe, please do so wherever you get your audio. Just search for Silver and Black today. Put on that auto download. That way you never forget. For our YouTube viewers, thanks for being with us. Again, as always, subscribe there too. Also hit the notifications bell. And we're off and running. Scott Branson, your host, along with my partner here. That is my co-host, Mr. Mo Moten. He's senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. You can follow him on X.com, if you dare, at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, the show, SNB Today. Mo, here we are on a Tuesday. We're recording on Monday as we usually do. Um, we we saw, look, Marcus Peters looks like he's on his way out of Las Vegas. Just one of the pieces of fallout from this 31 to 17 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is the first time we had a chance to talk to you since the game. Murph and I did the post-game show. Uh, Murph was his usual optimistic self, which you would anticipate. That's why we have him on. He represents a part of the fan base, and so uh, Murph was was great talking about all subjects. Him and I disagreed on several, as you'll as you'll find out, Mo. Um, and 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 this game was interesting because to me it was a true measuring stick of where this Raiders team was at. I never thought this Raiders team was a true playoff contender or anything like that, but. Under Antonio Pierce, we've seen some encouraging things. We saw the defense play better against the New York teams and the Miami team. And going into this game, uh, you and I said this two-game stretch between Miami and Kansas City, they had to kind of have one of these if they were going to actually perhaps make a push towards some sort of wild-card spot in the just brutal AFC playoff picture. 
Uh, that has not happened. They went 0-2 in that stretch. Mo, give us your initial impressions. Uh, any of the the what you saw in the game on Sunday against the Chiefs, anything surprise you? Anything stick out? Uh, was there any other outcome than what we saw on Sunday? Well, I'll say overall the score didn't surprise me. I think I predicted 20 – what did I predict? 27 27- – 16. So I was yes. close on the score. It was close. Said the Chiefs would win by double digits. I think we were both uh, not anticipating the Raiders scoring 20 because the Chiefs have a pretty good defense. What surprised me is the, is the Raiders jumping off to a 14-0 lead. Now, I, you know, I've become accustomed to the Raiders scoring early. They had 10 points in the first quarter against the Dolphins. They scored 14 points in the first half against the Chiefs. By the second quarter, the Chiefs were down 14. I look up. You know, as I do my normal work on Sunday, I'm watching a bunch of games. I look up and the Raiders are up 14-0. I see a, a deep pass to Devontae Adams. I see Jacoby Myers catch the ball in space, rushing for a touchdown. I see Josh Jacobs looking like the 2022 rushing champion, breaking open and open space for a big run. And I'm thinking, holy cow, they could actually do this. But covering the Raiders for as long as I've covered them, <laughs> I knew not to hop on the X and start gloating like a lot of people did because – you're playing the Chiefs, number one. And number two, we've seen the Raiders in the second half of games under Coach Pierce kind of flake out. And I was waiting to see if the Raiders would be able to sustain it. I had my doubts, and my doubts were basically correct. The Chiefs basically turned around that that deficit into a lead pretty quickly. By halftime, it was tied 14-14. The Chiefs had uh, scored 21 unanswered points. I would say the outcome of the game didn't surprise me. But I will say that I like what I see from the Raiders coming out of the gate. It's clear that the Raiders are a well-prepared team. I posted this on the X. The Raiders prepare for their opponents very well. You don't score 10 points in the first quarter against the Dolphins and 14 points in the first two quarters against the Chiefs and not be prepared. The problem is they don't adjust well. And I think we agree on this point, Scott, that I think that's a product of an inexperienced coaching staff. It's a product of not having enough, as I said, dudes on both sides of the ball and you have a limited quarterback so with all of that mixed in you're going to have struggles in the second half especially if you can't adjust you have a first time offensive play caller Antonio Pierce doesn't have much experience either you're going to have bumps in a row like that if you can't sustain and that's what happened against the Chiefs on Sunday well said my friend and I and I, and I agree with you on every point I think that when you talk about being well-prepared, I think that going into the game, as you mentioned, they're executing their offense at an extremely high level. Aiden mm-hmm. O'Connell comes out, looks sharp, does not look at any in any way nervous or unsure of what he wants to do. The play calling to start the game off that script was excellent. You have to give Bo Hardigree mm-hmm. and Antonio Pierce credit for that. Mm-hmm. And then something just happens, and it just stops. Now, I don't know... If somebody gets nervous, if somebody is unsure of the plan and they start to stray away from the plan. Now, game situations can dictate that too, right? Something unexpected happens and suddenly you're like, well, wait a minute, that's not, that wasn't part of the plan. And then you have to adjust. Hey, Mo, just like you said, adjust. And and I think mm-hmm. that's right. That's where the inexperience comes in. And a lot of fans, as I saw as they were talking to me after the game and on our on our post-game show, we're like, get rid of Bo Hardigree. All, all Antonio Pierce needs is an offensive coordinator. But I think what you see, and again, it's inexperience. What you see is, remember, the head coach, folks, and all of you reminded me of this when Josh McDaniels was there, that disaster, was he is the game manager. The head coach is the game manager. 
Okay, yes, he's got his guys running offense and defense, but ultimately he's responsible and he has to keep the team on track. We saw McDaniels get off track. He had the same problem, by the way, Mo, right? This is not a new problem. This is 12 weeks of this, of coming out, first drive, looks great, and then even under Jimmy Garoppolo, first drive looks great, second drive, they look like they're completely lost. So this is nothing new. We didn't think, at least I didn't think, Mo, I didn't think it would get solved overnight, okay? But what I did expect was a little more of that ability to adjust so that maybe going into the third quarter, you're still going and this is a three-point game. And yeah, then maybe the Chiefs pull away towards the end because you're right, they have more talent. But that's what surprised me is that it seems like it's just the shelf life is a quarter and a half every game. And it's just crazy how it falls off a cliff. Now, people were to, oh, the Chiefs aren't that good. Dude, the Chiefs still have a top 10 offense, okay? And they have a top five defense. They're a good team, no matter how much you hate them. And I'm cool with the hate because it's Raider Nation. That's the way it goes. But you cannot take them lightly. They can put points up on the board. They've had their problems. Did you think Patrick Mahomes and that team would go six games without scoring in the second half? No, sir. They were going to get theirs, especially against the Raiders' defense. So, so yes. So, I think you have the combination of not having the players' depth and then the inexperience of the coaching. Now, does that mean he can't be head coach in the future? No. Does it mean he should be head coach already because he's a cool guy, drives a 64 Impala, and listens to NWA? No, he's not. You, To me, you can't make a decision on it yet. That's why fans who are either he's done, he shouldn't be the coach, or fans who are – um, or people who are saying, even some folks in the media are saying it, saying that he should be the coach, you should give him the job now, he's one of us, are wrong too. I think, Mo, we still need to see how the final five games play out. My answer to that is, what's the rush to make him the head coach? <laughs> you you still have five games left of the season. Like, There's yes. no reason to make a decision now. You wait until the end of the season, you see the results, and then you make a decision because, one – you don't know who the other candidates are who are going to be available. Why are you making the decision now and you don't even know who's going to be available in the offseason? To me, that that would be a poor way to go about the head coaching search, making a decision before you even know who the candidates will be. Right. <laughs> so right. do you like if you're hiring someone, do you just make a decision when one person walks in the door without at least talking to the other five, six, seven candidates? I, I don't I don't know any good company that does something like that. Some people might though. I mean, listen, so, I, I get it. And we're going to we're going to devote the last segment of the show to talk about uh, Pierce, his staff and the future, because I think it, it deserves that. Um, back to the game, Mo, when you look at 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 what you saw, to me, not only the the inability to adjust on both sides of the ball, by the way, but on offense, I, they come out, they're doing everything I see. I see the thing that I've been just pining for which are the short passes to help Aiden O'Connell get into a rhythm, right? You saw some of that starting out, including the quick slants to Devontae Adams earlier. Uh, they didn't get tight end. They didn't get Michael Mayer involved till later, which I still don't understand. But they did bring Josh Jacobs back out of the uh, backfield, out of the backfield, I should say, to catch passes, swing passes, right? So I thought, like, that's great. So, so to me... You also put the quarterback, you put the offensive unit in a tough position when you're putting them in third and seven, third and ten, these longer situations where it's much easier to defend. And the Chiefs, again, have a very good defense at all three levels. So I don't understand to me why 
when they see what's sticking, and yes, you're going to get stopped sometimes, right? But when they see what's working and sticking, why they move away from it and go with a much more reserved offense that counts on big first and second down gains. And when you don't get them, then you put your quarterback in third and long, which makes it hard for him to succeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I had that thought during the game is that you can't live and die with big plays on, no. on, on first down. It's, it, it's great when you get those, but you have to be able to shorten it down in distance on second and third down. So you hear guys talk about or players and coaches talk about getting behind the sticks right so you you want to basically you want to at least get three or four yards on your first down so that you're not chasing yards on second and third down because when you get to 39 38 it makes it difficult on the quarterback especially a rookie quarterback so you want to get yards early in the downs you don't want to get behind the numbers you want to stay on schedule so to speak so that you get those three four yards and every down so that by the time you get to third down it's third and three it's third and four and it's manageable and i think a lot of times what happens is when you don't hit that first down play you know it's it's tough it's tough sledding from there the other thing is i think in the second half it was the complete opposite i feel like the raiders were too predictable where it was too much run run pass right and 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 that's not going to work either you're going to have to mix it up i'm not saying you have to throw it on first down all the time but you have to you have to make it less predictable so that the defense can't have their tell. When the Raiders ran their fourth and one play, everyone in the building, everyone at home, everyone across America, everyone across the world knew Josh Jacobs was going to get the ball on a handoff up the middle. And of course, the Chiefs got into the backfield and stuffed that play for a loss. They didn't get the fourth down conversion. Scott, do you remember the fourth down play call when they handed off to DeAndre Carter not too long ago? Yep. And it completely fooled the defense. Why don't you pull out one of those plays when everyone knows that Josh Jacobs is going to get the football? I think that predictable call. Now, by that time, the Raiders were hanging on by a threat anyway. Correct. But that that play kind of not kind of basically sealed it for the Chiefs and put the Raiders hopes away. Yeah, I think part of it and, and people won't want to hear this, Mo. Part of it is that coaching staff gets tight because they're playing the Chiefs. Now, you could say the Dolphins have the number one offense and all that stuff. And I get that. But they're not the Chiefs. I'm telling you, it's a different mentality. It's not Andy <laughs> Reid. And I think what happened, I'm sorry. I just thought, I just think that they bluff. They, they called the bluff. And, and if you remember too, the Chiefs in the second half, what'd they do? Eight in the box, right? Put eight in the box. And what are they, what is Andy Reid saying? What's Steve Spagnuolo saying? He's saying, Aiden O'Connell, you got to beat us. Come on, let's go. You got to beat us. Now, could he have? I think he could have. I think he could have done They could have scored. He could have done more damage, but he was not given the structure nor the the plan to do so, especially in the second half, right? There was too much to your point about run, run, pass. And of course, then you're an eight, 11 yard pass. You get some sacks and now it's third and 13 and you're put, it's just not going to happen, right? It's just not going to happen, especially when you have no speed. And, And Trey Tucker to me was underutilized again yesterday. So so you put that all together, you have the coaching and, and, and just getting nervous. Like, it happens. You, you, you're in a high-stakes shootout with one of the best teams in the NFL, and you're kind of blinking. 
Am, am, am I wrong? I'm, I know I'm dramatizing it for radio here, but I think that's what happens. It's funny to me because I know it sounds silly to say this, but the Raiders had a chance to win this game. <laughs> I know it doesn't look like I that agree. by the final score, but they were up by 14. This is a game where they had zero penalties, Scott. Think about that. The Raiders weren't penalized once. <laughs> so the people out there saying referees, you can't blame the referees but, for this but one. But, Mo, they missed holding calls. I, I understand that, but great players did. are going to get held. That's 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 just yeah. the nature of it. Khalil Mack, I watched Sunday night. He was getting held. You know, <laughs> Max Crosby. I'm not downplaying Max Crosby. He played her. He was sick last week. Still yeah. got his sack. You know, 50% of Max Crosby is better than a lot of the league. But that's just the nature of it. You're going to get held, and you know you still have to make plays. And Max Crosby did make plays, so shout out to him for playing through sickness, through injury, and still making an impact. Had a sack on Patrick Mahomes, became the the player to sack Patrick Mahomes the most in the league with five. He passed to Nico Autry on that list, by the way. But one thing I want to point out that we haven't talked about yet, and I guess we'll talk about this in the next segment, is all throughout the week we've been hearing that the Chiefs pass catcher group is not very good it's just travis kelsey and travis kelsey had a rough game on monday night rasheed rice went off against the raiders he did. eight catches for 107 yards and a touchdown and i talked about it a little bit last week tyreek hill went off for about 146 yards now rasheed rice goes up for 107 yards he's a rookie second rounder and i, I kept mentioning this on this show over the past few weeks the raiders have a problem at cornerback and again we'll talk about this but it's clear that they don't have anyone to cover not even an ascending wide receiver. And I think that's part of the problem. Had the Raiders had a, a solid serviceable cornerback on the outside, Rasheed Rice doesn't go off and there's more pressure on Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs don't have such an easy time going up and down the field through the air with Patrick Mahomes throwing the football. Right. And, and, and it's funny because I, I said it yesterday. It's usually a term you use when you, when you talk about college recruiting, but I, I was using it with the Raiders, which is you don't have the Jimmies and the Joes, right? You don't have the top-line talent at every level. This is where I get in disagreements with people, Mo, about the roster. Oh, we just need a couple guys. No. No. You, you need, need a couple a guys at cornerback alone. Then you add in linebacker, you, you add in interior defense, and then you add an edge rusher. Yes, they drafted one. He hasn't done anything yet. We can talk about that in another show. Uh, but, but they have lots of needs, okay? And so it's not to say that to be pessimistic at all. It's just the reality of it. And when you, to your point, you just encapsulate it so perfectly. When you have Rashid Rice go out there and have the type of game that he had, 107 yards, and universally the NFL was talking about how bad this receiver core was. It goes to show you, you got a long way to go. And that's why mm-hmm. I wrote a piece that you can read up on Sports Knot, uh, a column where I said they got to focus on the future. And the reality is they're not near where they need to be. Does that mean that they're at square one? No. But there's a lot of work to be done, and so the future uh, is something that they should focus on, even with five more games to go. I'm not saying you give up, but you got to focus on that future, and that future means filling holes and getting depth because you have to have depth to win in the NFL. I'll give you the last word here before we hit the break. As far as what the team needs, and, and I see the disagreements with you and other people, but to me, I'm not giving up on Aiden O'Connell, but in today's league, you need a playmaking quarterback. Raiders, regardless of what happens to Josh Jacobs, I said this on my Bleach Report Live, they need an RB2, a change of pace running back. They need a cornerback. I just talked about that. They need a defensive tackle. 
you know, they need a right tackle. So right there, I just named five needs off the top of my head. So it's not a, it's not just a couple or a few guys. It's a handful of guys they need to compete. Well, and you mentioned the big one, quarterback. And we're going to talk about Aiden O'Connell because Aiden O'Connell did well against the Chiefs. He could have done better. Did he make mistakes? Of course he did. Everybody does. But he, I don't think he was put in the right position to do as well as he could have. So we'll talk about it when we come back. But we'll also talk about whether or not after five starts, he's anywhere close to answering the question of whether he's the answer or not. I'm sure we'll have an opinion on that. You're listening to Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. We're coming back right after this. Don't go anywhere. 